Life Audio. You are listening to The Beckett Cook Show with your host, Beckett Cook. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. To help support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash the Beckett Cook Show. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star rating. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today we're going to be talking with Jacob Kersey. You may have heard of him in the news. He is the 19-year-old police officer in Georgia who had to resign because he, he basically made a Facebook post saying that marriage was between a man and a woman. And um, actually, his lawyer, Stephanie Taub, is going to be joining us as well. And we're going to to talk about what happened to him, about his case, what's going to happen in his case, uh, what the details are. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome, Jacob and Stephanie. Thank you so much for having us on. Thank you, Beck, and I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah. So Jacob, tell us what happened. You you were a police officer in Georgia and you, you, you made a, a Facebook post and all hell broke loose. Tell us what happened. Yes. So on January 2nd, I made a Facebook post uh, when I was off duty on my own personal time that stated, God designed marriage. Marriage refers to Christ and the church. That's why there's no such thing as homosexual marriage. That's the which, is, which is Ephesians 5. Um, you know, Ephesians 5, Paul says, this is a profound mystery that Paul actually quotes Genesis. He says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This, is a, this mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. So human marriage between a male and a female is pointing to the ultimate marriage between the bridegroom Christ and his church, the bride. So anyway, go ahead. Absolutely. And that's the whole arc of Scripture, really talking about that that great marriage uh, between God and his people, and the divide that there once was, and Christ came and bridged that divide. And that's the gospel. So if you get a distorted view of marriage, you get a distorted view of the gospel. So I, on my own personal time, I like to help Christians think biblically about these issues. Uh, and, and one of those is, is, is marriage. My police department didn't like that, and called me on January 3rd, the day after I made the post and stated that someone had complained anonymously uh, that I would need to remove the post. And if I didn't remove it, it could result in my termination. When I didn't remove the post. When that happened, when you got that, were you shocked to get that message? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I never thought anything like that would, would happen to me, especially here in Georgia, um, in, yeah. in a small town away from Savannah. I just never, never thought. And, and one of the reasons I never thought this is, you know, when, when I was after I made the decision not to um, remove the post, I received a call from from my command staff. And, you know, he told me to, to come in and, and turn in all my things. But my lieutenant at the time said, well, you know, we're all Christians here, um, but you, you can't post things like that because of the liability and, and, and whatnot. But anyways, and, they, and they, they said something. I think uh, the major major uh, Bradwick Sher- Sherrod said that it could affect your your job, the way you perform your job, your objectivity. Right. That, that, that's what they claim, you know, yeah. the claim is that if you have these deeply held religious beliefs, I mean, honestly, whether you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Jew, if you believe these things, that, that marriage is supposed to be a covenant relationship between a man and a woman, that you're not fit for duty, that you are incapable of performing a job as a police officer. I don't understand that. I think it's absurd that that question was even raised uh, when I've not shown any other signs of of targeting anyone just because I disagree with them. It's absolutely absurd to raise that question about people of faith. Uh, I was called in on January 4th. We had a meeting. My police chief likened what I said to the same thing as as using the N-word and saying F all those homosexuals. Then they placed me on paid administrative leave, did an investigation, listened to my podcast, listened to or looked at all my social media profiles and found that I violated no department policy no city rules, no regulations, no law, but then told me not to do it again and stated that they were going to now create a new department policy that would bar me from speaking my religious beliefs off duty. And they said that the way that they were going to enforce this was that I could post a Bible verse. However, I could not offer any interpretation or opinion on Scripture which I wonder where where does that end? What what's considered an offensive interpretation of scripture? And yeah, I mean, get an ultimatum and told I could resign now or be fired later. Yeah, I mean, if you just, I mean, if you just posted, I just think about this because I live in Los Angeles and I, I'm just like waiting for the day when the Bible is banned in California. But uh, just I was it was funny because I was reading First Corinthians First uh, Corinthians the other day and. It just is this. Uh, I mean, I've read this passage a million times, but when Paul says, uh, "Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God," and then and then he explains the gospel right after this. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. So. You can post this passage directly from the Bible, but you can't say anything about it, right? Right. Yeah, that, that, that's, what, that's what they were trying to say, which I think is just such a dangerous, slippery slope. And I, I told them, if, if you try to make this a thing where you say, well, you can post a Bible verse, but you can't offer any quote-unquote offensive interpretation of it, I promise you, it's not going to stop there. Yeah. And so, so what happened after that? So you, you decided to resign, right? And how did you yes. come to that decision? January 17th, I made the decision to, to resign. And, and really, I didn't see a, a viable option forward going back 
to work at the police department. I, I was told that if I go back to the police department, um, this new policy was going to bar me from, from speaking my religious beliefs. And my police chief had already likened what I said, as I mentioned earlier, the same thing as using the N-word. They had shown that they were very hostile towards my religious beliefs and towards the stance that I took in opposing you know, them trying to tell me to remove the post. Law enforcement is a dangerous job. And, and when you go out there and respond to calls, you, you need to know that your department has your back. And, and my department made it very clear that they did not. And, and they didn't because of the stance I took. And so, you know, listening to what they told me, you can either resign now or be fired later. I, I decided that to, to resign. And I, I like what you, I read this quote that you said, you said, I think if you compromise your integrity and your religious beliefs and your faith to win, then you've lost. And I just couldn't do that. So what, tell us about, tell us about that, because that, that's such a powerful statement to make. And it's true. It's like, if you, I always talk about this. I talked about it in my book. If you, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego refuse to compromise God's word and they knew what the consequences were going to be if they did, if, if they compromised his word and bowed to the golden statue. Uh, so tell us about that. Right. Well, I'm glad you, you mentioned the Daniel and the three Hebrew boys, because, you know, I can only imagine some of the comments that were made about the decision they took to stand. You know, well, you can still have your religious beliefs. You can, you can still be, you know, a believer in, in the God of, of the Bible, but right here, right now, just, just go ahead and, and, and kneel and, you know, don't, don't make a big scene, love people, you know, love everyone else around you. God's put you in this position. He wants you to be in this position of leadership in, in the kingdom of Babylon. So just go ahead and kneel really quick. It'll be over soon. And then when you're done, you can go back and continue to believe what you believe. And, and in many ways, I think that's exactly what I was told. You know, well, you know, you can you can still believe these things. Just just don't talk about, it. you know, just don't just don't say that you believe. these yeah. things. And I think it's very important as a Christian in a world where everyone's hostile to Christianity. And, 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 and in America, the church is trying to make Christianity culturally acceptable and not biblically accurate. I think you absolutely have to be, you know, outspoken about what, what Scripture teaches and say, look, there's a lot of serpents who are slithering around just like we see in Genesis, deceiving people into believing false doctrines, false teachings. If you, if you compromise saying, you know, okay, I know, I know God's word, I know the truth, I'm just going to be silent about it, it's going to lead to people, ultimately, that they're going to be lost. And, and as a Christian— I, we're, we're supposed to go out and reach the lost. But as an American, I, I also believe in being a, a good steward of what God has given us in this nation. And that is the first amendment. Mm -hmm. And I believe we, the people are in charge of, of saving this great Republic. And if we expect the document, the first amendment and the constitution to get up and, and fight for itself, well, we're, we're naive. We, we have to be good stewards of what God has given us. We, we read the parable in scripture of, of the servant having the talent and he buried yeah. it and waited for the master to come back. And the master was displeased with the servant because he buried the talent that he was given. That, that's not what we're called to do. If, if we're given this great freedom and this great opportunity, we have to be a good steward of it. And, and, and so number one, you speak the truth of God's word and love, but you also are a good steward of what God has given you. That is the first amendment. And so that, those are the two things I'm really trying to do here. And, and, and I didn't 
I felt like compromising, like the police department was asking me to, was not the right thing. We'll be right back after this short break. Yeah, I mean, a very similar thing happened to me uh, in different, very different circumstances. But in, in, uh, I was a production designer for 20 years in Hollywood. And, but as soon as my book came out in 2019, I got blacklisted in Hollywood, basically. I got dropped from my agency. Um, and of course, it wasn't, it, no one was explicit on why, but it just suddenly was like everything just, the doors just closed. And so because I was vocal about God redeeming me out of a life of homosexuality 13 years ago, God saving me, and um, I was very explicit about that. And so I, uh, I know what it's... <laughs> I know what it's like to be canceled for your religious, for your, your faith, your Christian faith. Yeah. And I've just been amazed, you know, by your testimony, listening to your testimony. When you reached out, I spent some time watching videos and and listening to podcasts, your testimony. And that's the power of the gospel. You know, that it's not that we Christians don't hate people. We love people, which is why we tell you know, hey, I was a sinner as well. I was, you know, the wages of sin is death, and a result of my sin, if I wasn't saved, would be eternal death separated from my Creator. But God, in His great mercy, saved me and transformed me, and He wants to do that for you. We don't claim to be perfect, but we know the one who is. And the one who is wants to transform our lives and make us a new creature. And so affirming people in their sinful lifestyles is not loving at all. In, in fact, it's the most unloving thing you could do. And I wonder why people do that. Why Why do we seek to affirm people in, in their sin? Is it because we're, we're selfish and we don't want to get mixed up in the conflict and, and controversy that, 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 that is a result, you know, like in my situation of, of speaking the truth? Are, are we really that selfish? I, I think we got to be selfless and say, look, I love you so much. I know it's uncomfortable for me to say this, but I'm going to say Mm -hmm. it. I love you. I want you to come to know Christ, and he wants to transform your life, and he's not going to leave you the way that he found you. And so your testimony is just such a powerful example of the true gospel, one where Jesus Christ practices transformational inclusion, not affirmational inclusion. Amen. That's what I always say. I mean, I say the same thing all the time. It's, It's not loving to tell people, it, homosexual behavior is not a sin. That is the most unloving thing you can tell someone. <laughs> the love, like when the Christians I met at, at a coffee shop told me, you know, I asked them, is, is what does your church believe about homosexuality? And they just were very blunt. This is in East, you know, Los Angeles. And they were just like, <laughs> oh yeah, we homosexual behavior is a sin. And that was the most loving thing they could do to me. It was like, it was absolutely the most loving thing. And by the way, when, how, how did you come to faith in Christ? And what, how old were you? So about seven years old, I grew up in a Christian home. And about seven years old, I realized that no one's born a follower of Christ. And I went to the, down to the front of the church and knelt and prayed and said, you know, God, I want to give you my life. I trust you. I'm sorry for my sin. I, you know, repent. Um, and trust you as, as my Lord and Savior. And at seven, I didn't really realize what that would mean long term. But over the years, um, short few years since then, I, I'm not that old, but uh, only 19. But um, I, I've learned so much about what it means to, to be a follower of Christ, dying to self 
yeah and being made alive in, in christ and it's a it's a journey it really is and i, I love john bunyan's um you know book where, he, where pilgrim's progress where he pilgrim's describes that's one of my favorite books of all time i mean i i've read it like four times i love pilgrim's progress <laughs> that's awesome yeah and so where do you go from here i mean you've resigned you apparently you wanted to be a police officer because uh, of the impact police officers had on you when you were young because of the fa- the situation in your home. And so I, I guess that was kind of almost like a lifelong kind of dream of yours, right? Yes. So as a young boy grew up in a broken home, there's a lot of law enforcement involved in a custody battle. And I always looked up to, to law enforcement. Um, I, I admired them and, and thought the job was pretty cool. And, and so when I was old enough, uh, in the state of Georgia, you can become a police officer at 18, just depending on which department you go to. Um, and, and so I, I, I joined and, and really enjoyed the job. And, and so from here, uh, we're, we're telling the story. And, and I'm so grateful um, for Stephanie Taub and the First Liberty Institute. And I'd like for her to speak to some of the next steps that we're taking. Ultimately, we want to ensure this doesn't happen to an officer again. And we're fighting for, and like I said, being a good steward of the First Amendment. So Stephanie can really describe in detail some of the steps that Uh, we're taking with with First Liberty. Yeah. Absolutely. So first of all, First Liberty is so honored to represent people like Jacob, in case you can't tell, with such courage. Um, And at a time when the police departments should be looking for people with courage who are willing to stand by their convictions and do the right thing, even if it takes sacrifice, um, they should not be barring exceptional police officers like Jacob just because of their religious beliefs. And we're seeing this kind of discrimination happen all the time in all sorts of contexts. We get a request for legal help from people that are being threatened with cancellation over their religious beliefs every week, um, several times a week. Um, wow. And so this is an, and this is an increasing problem. Um, but right now we're asking this, we're asking um, this city and the police department to take accountability for their actions, really to come to the table, to do the right thing and to officially change their policy so that it aligns with the First Amendment and respects the First Amendment rights of officers like Jacob Kersey. Wow, that's good. And Jacob, so what do you plan on? What, what are your plans in terms of uh, vocation or career? from after this well, trusting the Lord to open the right doors and, and to lead me, you know, the right path. Yeah. Um, you know, I really enjoy law enforcement and, and I'm grateful for that opportunity uh, to, to serve as a police officer here in Georgia. And, and so if the Lord wants me to go back into that, I, I will. But, but currently I think that the important thing is, is sharing this story. Number one, to encourage fellow believers to, to be bold in love, to share the word of God and trust that, you know, God loves people more than we ever could. So there's no reason we should hide what he says in his word from them because he loves them. But also to be a good steward, like I said, of the First Amendment. And we're, we're going to fight to make sure that this doesn't happen to another police officer at Port Wentworth, in any other city in Georgia or anywhere else in the nation. We have to because if, if we allow the Port Wentworth Police Department in the city to just brush this under the rug, this will continue to happen. And, yeah. it, and it, it shouldn't. It, it's absolutely absurd. You know, you think if. if what about the 15-year the law enforcement veteran worked all those years, has a few more years from retirement, has a mortgage payment, a car payment, has, has family at home, and they're left between choosing uh, you know, between their deeply held religious beliefs and their family and everything they've ever worked for in America? 
I know. Can't happen again. And, and so we're working uh, to ensure that we take the right steps. And as Stephanie mentioned, that the city institutes new policy that will protect their employees' First Amendment right to freely practice their religion. Because if you can't speak about your religion, then you do not have religious freedom. Yeah. Amen to that. And I, I'm just going to end with this quote that you, you said, which I love. Um, you said, in America, most of us will not be called to face physical death for our, our beliefs but we might be called to face the death of our dreams. We might be called to face the death of our reputation, or we, we might be called to, to have other people think bad things about us. But what's important is what God thinks about us, which is absolutely true. So thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Stephanie, for being on. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. And God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Beckett Cook Show. Your support makes this content possible. All episodes of The Beckett Cook Show are also available on YouTube. For more information about Beckett and his ministry, visit his website at beckettcook.com. Thank you to the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find more faith-centered podcasts about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once.